there folks and welcome back to another edition of Book Around with me Dominic Goulding. Today we are travelling over to Australia to cover Picnic at Hanging Rock, a sort of strange murder mystery book written in the 60s set at the turn of the uh, century, turn of the 20th century, so 1900s. Uh, let's get into it, what it is about, um, what's interesting or not interesting about it and if it is worth a read. Okay, friends, so Picnic at Hanging Rock. Um, it's the first Australian book I'm covering on the channel, um, and I kind of regret that because this is also the first time I will be saying anything negative on the channel about one of the books that I've chosen. Um, reason being, in short, that the I think the intentions of the book were good. The metaphors and symbolism that it was trying to drive at were some quite good ideas but I felt like the execution was clumsy and meandering. So I will be trying to look for some good in the in the book, but on the whole, it is not one I enjoyed very much. I don't like being negative on the channel. I don't want to be. Uh, and when I chose this book and added it to the schedule, I fully expected to enjoy it because it is a classic. Um, I'm not out here trying to roast Australia. <laughs> um, I have a lot of relatives in Australia, um, and I do want to kind of redeem... Um, the, the uh, coverage of Australian literature on this on this channel, on this show. Um, so I'm going to do another Australian book next season, probably Cloud Street or something like that, um, and, and let's get something that we can say nice things about. But let's jump into this one for now, because obviously part of the show is I just want to tell you what books are about and what the intention is, and you make up your own mind. You know, maybe you think it's a great book. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean you shouldn't go out and read it. In fact, you should. You should go out and make up your own mind. But let me tell you kind of what it's all about and, and why I didn't necessarily love it. So um, we open with a group of girls from an Australian college and they are going to this place, Hanging Rock, for a Valentine's Day picnic. Um, the structure of the book is this. The girls go down to Hanging Rock with their teachers and they're all having a bit of a chatter and whatnot. They've got the picnics packed. They go to the rock, eat the picnic. Some of them decide to go climbing, exploring, and some of them go missing. And then they come back very sad. And then we get these other characters, Michael and Albert, who saw some of the girls near the rock and decide to go and try and rescue and save the missing girls. Okay, so that's kind of the outline of it. So let's get into that in a bit more detail then. So the college trip itself, um, it's obviously set, you know, over a hundred years ago. It's set in the early 1900s. So the attitudes and the language is very old and very twee, in my opinion. Um, I didn't find very much in the characters that I could relate to. Um, the female characters especially are all despite it being by uh, a female um author it, it's uh they all embody kind of really negative stereotypes like either being bossy or um there's one girl edith that's just pretty much scared of everything and just a bit of a wimp that there's no like cool strong female protagonist that you can get behind um, and, and that, that irks me because that just seemed very old fashioned. I mean, it was written in the sixties. Um, 
And likewise, Michael and Albert, the two kind of chief male characters in there. Michael is a bit of a posh boy, Toph, who has a good heart and is trying to go off and save the day. Albert is a rough, outback Aussie guy who's a bit crude but got a heart of gold. And then there's also another uh, male character, Tom, who works at the college, who's an Irish man who charms all the girls. So it's just rife with stereotypes. Um, I just felt like all of these characters were more like caricatures. You know, they, they were all just a pastiche of stereotypes. And, that, and that, that, I think that's one of the things that I struggled to find it a believable story. Now, I understand it's a very successful book. Uh, it's been adapted into a film and I think a Netflix series with Natalie Dormer. Um, I haven't seen any of those things, but I'm aware of their existence. So that suggests, you know, obviously some success, but just because something is successful does not mean it is good. Likewise, just because something isn't successful doesn't mean that it's not good. But also, just because I don't like it doesn't mean you shouldn't. I'm just trying to break this down for you. So um, th there are elements of it that I liked. I mean, we, we've pretty much summarised the plot here because it's a simple plot. So now I'm kind of getting more into the what I liked or didn't like about it. There were elements of it that I did like. Um, the parts where it's describing the nature and the outback and the mystery elements where Michael and Albert are exploring, there's a very stark and um, uniquely Australian vibe to it because obviously they're out in nature and all of the discussion is around uh, venomous snakes and, and uh, kind of flora and fauna that is uniquely Australian and I liked that about it so I liked some of the natural description and the sense of foreboding throughout parts of it uh, I thought that was all quite good but the main point of the book so I've read later when I went to look up the symbolism because I, I kind of finished the book and thought what was the point of that book like I didn't really um, nothing leapt out at me as, as being particularly important or salient in it. So Hanging Rock, I later learned, was a very valuable site to the Aboriginal people. Um, I, I believe sacred in some way, whether they had rituals there or they worshipped there. I'm not entirely sure, but the point being was that that rock was sacred or holy in some way to the native people's and the sort of gentrified elements of societies, women in the fancy hats and the corsets are tottering down there with the picnic baskets and having a picnic and just kind of undermining all of the cool spiritual energy that, that it had. So it's it's very much a imperialism, colonialism, coming in and ruining everything kind of storyline, which if you've been listening to this podcast for a few episodes, you'll know I'm very much about that life. Um, I like criticism of colonialism in all its forms um, because I hate it. I hate the idea of people coming in and imposing their culture on other people. I hate the idea of um, people building empires and ruining other countries or you know imposing uh, you know so the whole British Empire thing going around the world imposing our laws and our bland food and our cups of tea on people and subjugating and enslaving them that you know it was it was terrible and, and there's no two ways around that. So I love reading literature that, that decries that and that analyzes the, the almost psychotic philosophy behind that. 
Um, so in many ways, this book is tapping onto ground that I very much enjoy, um, or, or certainly I, I enjoy discussing this kind of thing. The idea of the metaphor is good. This bunch of kind of this gaggle of giggling schoolgirls going off on a on a picnic to this um, grand sacred spiritual site and just using it as a place to kind of mess about and make jokes and pull each other's hair. The symbolism of that is not lost on me, but as I say, the execution is clumsy and meandering and it just didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, could I could I recommend it? Dep it would depend on your taste. For me, this is a bang average, um, bang average mystery story, something like a 5 out of 10. Like, I got to the end of it without falling asleep. It was okay. But there was no passage or no part of it where I became really gripped and enthralled and thought, this is amazing, it's finally picking up, it's getting good. Um, it just kind of plodded along and then ended. Um, I won't say that it was badly written, um, because you do get to know all of the characters, but they're just not characters that I particularly ever ended up caring about. Um, so I could recommend it if you want something um, easily digestible. This is not a challenging book. There are no great, um, you know, compare it with some of the stuff that I've been doing on the channel, like The Boxman by Kobo Abe or uh, The Blind Owl by um, Sadag Haria, and that, you know, those kind of really crazy narratives that are all kind of loosely tied together with symbolism and philosophy and psychology. This is not that kind of book. This is a much more garden variety, 4-4 time in, 1-2 punch of a mystery story. And that's okay. You know, I don't mind things like that. I love the Sherlock Holmes books. I love Poirot. Um, but I think I love those things because I love the characters. Um, and this just didn't have any standout charismatic or enthralling or interesting characters um as i said they just all felt very pastiche uh gun to, if you put a gun to my head and said which character did i like the most probably albert because he just seemed the most honest he was just a big burly aussie guy that just wanted to have a beer and just chill out and get on with his day's work and he ended up his mate michael this stuffy english toff um wanted to go off and put this silly rescue mission on to, to find these girls, which is a noble thing, but Michael is not presented as an altruistic character, or at least he shouldn't be, because the only reason that he goes off exploring to try and save the girls is because he fancies one of them, which is a bit sad, isn't it? If you imagine if they just all weren't his type, would he have still gone on the rescue mission? Maybe not. So that underscores for me that his motives were not pure, and therefore he becomes a less likeable character for it. Albert's not trying to hide anything. He's not trying to pull any punches about who he is. So he's a bit crass at times and a bit on PC, but I felt he was the most realistically fleshed out character in the book for me personally. You might have different opinions. So yeah, I could recommend this if you're looking for some easy light reading. For I finished it in the better part of an afternoon. It's not a particularly long book. Um, and if you just want something that you can just get straight through, uh, there's a little bit of a mystery there, 
and it's it's very much a period piece so you know if you want to hear people speaking in that kind of Victorian England way and dressing in the fascinator hats and all being very girly and womanly if you're interested in that kind of thing then great this is probably the book for you but that's just simply not my kind of thing um so as I say we will revisit Australia because I need to redeem my coverage of Australia um I'm sure there are many great writers who've come out of uh that part of the world but this book just just doesn't fit that pantheon for me um as i say cloud street i've heard is very good and that also sounds a little bit more my vibe so i'm probably going to do cloud street as my next australian book but that said if you are listening and you are australian or you are a fan of any australian literature um and, and you think there's a one that's better than cloud street for me to cover please do get in touch and let me know i'm always eager to hear from listeners I'm always eager to get recommendations. Um, but yeah, with that said, bit of a short episode today. And I think that's because I've struggled to get particularly enthused about the book. So um, next week we are in Thailand with something that I think I will be able to get a little bit more enthusiastic about. I'm not going to give any spoilers away about what I'm covering. I'll, I'll leave you to speculate if you know any Thai authors. Uh, but yeah, we're going to Thailand so with that said, I'll just quickly say, as I always do, just a little bit of a beg, um, not quite a beg, just a, a polite ask. If you want to, I would really appreciate if you left me a nice review um, or shared with your friends or that kind of thing. As I say, I just do this for fun, just a hobby of mine. I'm not looking to gain anything from it other than reach more people and hopefully encourage more people to uh, read world literature. So the more, the merrier. So I'm now going to go over to me with the sign-off. If you've enjoyed this edition of Book Around, please consider getting in touch with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Book Around Podcast, Facebook, Book Around Podcast, or Twitter at Book Around Pod. You can also drop me an email, bookaround at outlook.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you on any of those platforms. Um, so if you want to leave a comment or if you want to send me an email telling me about things you'd like to see on the uh, channel, um, you know, particular books that you think it'd be great if I covered, or any top tips for how to make the podcast better, because I'm still fairly fledgling in my uh, podcasting career, I would love to hear from you. Or if I'm doing things that you like, that'd be nice to hear about those as well. Um, but with that said, so we've done Australia today. I'm sorry Australia took a bit of a drubbing. We will revisit it and restore it to its former glory. Next week we're over to Thailand. But until then, book around and find out.